0: Chiefs, and we're proud. We're the Chiefs, and we're loud. We're the Chiefs, and we're proud. We're the Chiefs, and we're loud. All right, what's going on, guys? Farzine Vasugian here with you to recap a Chiefs victory, another Chiefs victory once again as the Chiefs, they defeat the... LA Chargers 31-17 a really great game for the offense second half was pretty quiet uh, but the Chiefs managed to come away with another win Uh, and this time the offense played much better defense had some issues in the first half they cleaned it up in the second half the the Chargers absolutely shut out in the second half uh, came close to scoring at one point, but the Chiefs with a big red zone interception. And uh, the first player I'll mention, I know statistically he did not thrive. But Charles Uminehu, uh in his first game back uh, from suspension, this is essentially his Chiefs debut here. Uh, had a sack in this one. Pressure, I want to say he pressured Justin Herbert several times and also uh, batted a pass that led to an LJ Sneed interception. The Chiefs, by the way, pretty good in the turnover category in this one. Got a few interceptions in this game. Uh, five sacks, two interceptions in this game. A damn good day in the office for uh, for the Chiefs defense. And then Macol Hardman, who made his return to Kansas City, already has the same stat line he had with the Jets. One catch for six yards plus a 50-yard punt return. That stat line did not exist with the New York Jets. Same offensive stats, uh, but McCall Hardman made a big impact on special teams. That 50-yard touchdown eventually led to the uh, Chiefs uh, finishing it off with an Isaiah Pacheco touchdown catch and run. Uh, so that was good. A lot of things to get into here on this episode of the Chiefs zone. Appreciate all of you watching live on Facebook and on YouTube. Much appreciated. If, If you guys would, please give the video a like, share the video as well. Let your friends know about it. Uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. For those of you who are listening to the podcast version, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share the links with your friends. Let them know about the Chiefs Zone podcast. I'll get to your guys' comments later as the show goes on. Obviously, a lot of things to get into here on this episode. Real quickly, this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. We're obviously a few weeks into football season. Still have a little bit of baseball left. Uh, Major League Soccer playoffs underway. Sporting KC just got in they've got a game, a lot of options uh, to to catch sporting events. And the best place to go to purchase your tickets is SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com, use my promo code FARZINE, and first-time customers can get $20 off if they use the promo code FARZINE. First-time customers are eligible for this bonus here. You'll get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek using the promo code FARZINE at checkout. We got a lot of things to get into here. Travis Kelsey, have not mentioned him yet. What a monster game for him. 12 catches, 179 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, for whatever reason, always seems to just have the best games uh, of his career against the Chargers. You look at December 16, 2021. That was a Thursday night football game in overtime. He went off on the Chargers, 191 yards and two touchdowns. Last year, November the 20th, 2022 115 yards three touchdowns he won afc offensive player of the week for both of those performances and today 179 yards and a touchdown man he looked like he was honestly on pace to break the nfl uh, single game record for receiving yards by a tight end which was broken exactly 22 i think it was 22 years and two days ago in kansas city by shannon sharp uh, yeah, Shannon Sharp just went off on that Chiefs defense. Uh, 214 yards. Uh, that was uh, that's the record held by Shannon Sharp. Look like I mean, I know Kelsey was covered a lot in this game, but it just seemed like the Chiefs did not make much of an effort to try to get him open or, or go to him more in the second half. Second half was very weird, a complete opposite of the first half. Both offenses were much more quiet in the second half. But it was the Chiefs that were able to get a score of some sort, whereas the Chargers, uh, obviously the sack total just went up and um, Herbert threw two picks in the second half. Uh, Herbert was 17 of 30 for 259 yards, a touchdown and two picks, five sacks in this one. Mahomes, what a monster day for Patrick Mahomes. 32 of 42 passing, 424 yards four touchdowns, one pick, was sacked just once, a rating of 129 and a half. Imagine that man, 129.5. Uh with a number so high, I, I immediately think of the uh, the sound record, 142.2. Like, you're so close to that. That's how damn good of a game Patrick Mahomes had. Running game was not very good for the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco had nowhere to go. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he really struggled in this game, uh, both um, on the ground and through the air. But the passing game was really Kansas City's bread and butter in this one. I mentioned Kelsey already, 12 catches for 179 yards and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling got involved in this game a little more than uh, he he has in past games, three catches, 84 yards. He also had a touchdown. Rasheed Rice continuing to prove why he's the best wide receiver on the team. He had five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco, four catches, twenty yards and a touchdown. If you're, if you're seeing a pattern here, every player I've mentioned in that's caught up that caught a pass today, all four of those guys caught a touchdown pass Four touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes to four different players. Kelsey MVS rice and Pacheco uh, Jerick McKinnon, Sky Moore, Uh, Kader's Tony, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, uh, McCole Hardman all got involved as well with at least one catch. Blake Bell, unfortunately, his one catch turned into a fumble, uh, which a lot of people did not agree with the uh, fact that it was um, a completed catch. Uh, They thought it was an incomplete catch. Um, They didn't really spend a lot of time reviewing that, but... Uh, Nonetheless, you know, it didn't impact the Chiefs too much. Uh, I remember um, Nance and Romo were mentioning the Chargers went more than 15 minutes in this game. That is a full quarter of football. Not that I need to remind you guys, but still worth pointing out. The Chargers went more than 15 minutes without picking up a first down in this game in the second half. Uh, I think in the final drive of the game that where the Chargers had the ball. Um, the final drive of the game for the Chargers is what I meant to say. That is the last time the Chargers, uh, or that, that's when the Chargers were able to get it first so they had a couple on that. One of them was on a fourth and long, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, the game was out of reach, and uh, Her- Herbert was having a tough time on that drive anyway. Uh, by the way, I, I you know, we've talked about a lot of guys today, Mahomes, uh, the passing game with Kelsey, MVS, Rice, Pacheco. Uh, and we've talked about some good players on defense. Uh, I mentioned Legarius Sneed. He had that big red zone interception. Charles O'Minou had a really good day today, getting his first sack of the season in his first game of the year, and also uh, went in there and, um, and uh, had that batted pass that helped LJ get his uh, interception. Uh Boy, who else? I mean, all the linebackers had a great game today. Drew Tranquil played very well. Um, uh, he had a sack as did Willie Gay. Unfortunately, the bad news was Nick Bolton. Um, he had a really good game, nine total tackles for him, but, uh, had a wrist injury and he seemed to really struggle with that. He was on the ground for a while. So hopefully he is okay. Uh, can't tell if it was his wrist, arm, elbow, somewhere in that area, um, Man, uh, you really need him. The good news is you have some really good depth on this uh, on this defense at the linebacker position. So guys like uh, Leo Chanel and Drew Tranquil, Willie really Gay, they can hold on to four, but you still prefer to have everyone there. Um, this is just such a great unit, this linebacker unit. It really, really is. Um, and I, I know they're on talk radio today. They were talking about how if you're the Chargers, how could you allow uh, a guy like um, a guy like Drew Tranquil just walk, especially to a, a division rival? but you know, he wanted the ring. You, you know, he, he's yet to get one. Chargers are not a team in position to get that at the moment. Uh, but, you know, a player who I feel like we haven't talked about this guy much, and this guy really deserves a lot of credit for the way he's playing this season is Mike Dana. Mike Dana, who stepped in this year playing for uh, Charles Amini, uh getting a majority of his snaps while he was on his suspension. He had a sack in week one against uh, against the Detroit Lions, had a half a sack against the Jags, a sack against the Bears. So he had two and a half sacks in the first three games, a sack in each game, um, had a sack in the Vikings game a couple of weeks ago. I think that was the one to uh, to seal the deal on the final play of the game. And he had a sack uh, near the end of the game in this one. He has one, two, three, four and a half sacks on the season. Um, uh, really good season for Mike Dana, a, a season that a lot of people uh did not uh expect uh from him uh and for him to fill in for Charles Minahu. I know uh, FAU his development still taking some time uh but man what a season it's been for Mike Danna uh I really like Mike Dana's level of play and I think that deserves some attention uh on this podcast and from Chiefs fans all over so uh, I, I, I really like uh, what he's doing, uh, and in general, you know, uh, just a good game all around. The offense should have played better in this one in the second half. Selfishly, I really wanted Kelsey to get that single game record uh, before half, not before halftime. Before halftime, it looked like he was on pace to get it, but uh, they only went to him just a couple of times in the second half. And by the way, Romo and Nance mentioned the uh, the streak. Uh, I think it was 29 times where Mahomes uh, targeted Kelsey consecutively without an incompletion. That streak came to an end. But, man, it just tells you the connection Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have. Uh, One of the best in NFL history. It's the best in Chiefs history. Um, The things that Patrick Mahomes does, 424 yards and four touchdowns. Let let this game be an example of that. And then Travis Kelsey, uh, again, you know, the things he does – especially against the Chargers for, for whatever reason, the Chargers are just a team that Kelsey lights it up against. And it's so good to see him uh, play as, as well as he has been uh, this year. Here's the impressive thing about Kelsey is this guy missed the first game of the season with a knee injury. He suffered an ankle injury in the Vikings game. So this guy's already missed, you know, we're seven weeks into the season. This guy's already missed the game and he's dealt with two different injuries he has more catches, yards, and touchdowns than any tight end out there. You want to honor this guy on national tight ends day? Let's talk about the things that he's doing, missing a game, suffering two injuries, and still is putting up better numbers than any tight end. Name a tight end that's doing better right now in the NFL. you can't, you just can't. um and for anyone's, oh, you're just biased far as he, no, this is not biased. this is all true this is all factual stuff. Um, this is, I mean, this is a guy, what he's doing. And I know, uh, I, I have been saying for more than a year now that this guy is the tight end goat. He started receiving the tight end goat conversation last year from a lot of people in the national media. And I don't think that's a mistake. Uh, you look at Mitch Holtis. Okay. Don't take it from me. Take it from Mitch Holtis. When the chief, when the Royals had chief stay at the K. Uh, where all the Chiefs players were there, they had Mitch Holtis on the uh, TV broadcast for an inning, and they were talking to him. And he said that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in NFL history, and he added that statistically speaking, you can see all the evidence to back it up. And if you, through the eye test also backs it up, this is the same guy who called every single snap when, uh, Tony Gonzalez was here in Kansas city called all of his games. Uh, and we all know what kind of a great player Tony Gonzalez was and a phenomenal player, but Travis Kelsey, Even better, not that we ever expected a tight end to play better than Tony Gonzalez, but here we are, and we have it, and it's led to so much success with uh, in the postseason. I mean, the Chiefs obviously had that 22-year postseason drought, 25-year home postseason drought, and all of that has been snapped, and Kelsey's been a big part of that. No one is doing what Travis Kelsey's doing. No one. Absolutely no one. Um, He has seven consecutive seasons. Everyone already knows this part, seven consecutive seasons of uh, a thousand receiving yards. No one, no tight end even comes close to touching that. Uh, He is very well on his way to getting his eighth consecutive 1000 yard seasons. And I don't think there's a tight end that has more than 4000 yard receiving seasons in their careers um, overall. So the things that Travis Kelsey is doing, no tight end has ever accomplished. Uh, Listen, this is a great team win. It's a win over a division rival. And let me just, we we talked about this uh, before the game today um, in our uh, pre uh, pre pregame live chat. Uh, Let me pull up the standings here, okay? Because we got to make a big point about this. Uh, bear with me one second, just trying to line things up here. Um, I know NFL.com and ESPN.com. They take a very long time to update a lot of stats, but they're pretty quick on division standings. This is your division right now. Okay. Um, the chiefs will play the Broncos next week. Uh, and I think that we can expect a much better performance than we did in the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and Broncos. My point is this. Not only are you going to go 7-1 and one next week as you get ready for that big Germany game. There's nobody in this division that's going to challenge the Chiefs. Nobody. Remember six weeks ago when Raiders fans had their Super Bowl parade because they were in sole possession of first place of the AFC West one week into the season? That's gone. This is this is what it's all about right here. Six and one. Everyone else is below five hundred. Every the last two off seasons, we have had to deal with everyone talking about how the division's gonna get harder and the Chiefs are not going to be able to uh, to win the division this time. They're gonna have a lot more challenges on their hand. It, it's just gonna be tougher for them. They have less good players. Shut up. They're still dominating. It's dominating. I don't even think that's uh, putting it uh, to justice. The Chiefs are just mopping the floor with this division. It's not even close. When was that? Hold on. I got to look something up. When was the last time the Chiefs lost a divisional game? I don't know. I would I would imagine 2021 when Mahomes threw when the Chiefs had four turnovers in that they because that was a weird year in 2021 where the Chiefs um where the Chiefs, uh, they just had a very weird start to the season. Yeah, the last time the Chiefs lost to a, a, a divisional, uh, uh, last time they lost a game in the division was week three of the 2021 season. They have gone two full years, 24 months. Uh, I, 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 actually, it should be 20, 25. They've gone 25 months without losing to a division rival. That's wild, man. That's wild. That doesn't happen. All right, that's really it for all of my thoughts. I will read your guys' comments in just a moment. Before we get into that, I want to let you guys know that this podcast also brought to you by Cable Dollar Cadillac in Kansas City. Go to Stateline near 435 Look for Cable Dahmer Cadillac and ask for Scott Toddy. Uh, I purchased my Cadillac over the week, last weekend, that is. Uh, man, I got to tell you, I love it. It's I've had this car for eight days. It is the best car I've ever had. Uh, Scott Toddy, very knowledgeable, very honest, uh, very professional. Go ask for Scott Toddy. Tell him I sent you. Uh, he can help you with your car buying needs, old or new, Cadillac or not. Scott Toddy is the guy to go to. Go ask for Scott Toddy at Cable Dahmer Cadillac the next time you are in the market to purchase a new vehicle, and he will hook you up with your car buying needs. Go to Cable Dahmer Cadillac in Kansas City, Missouri. Near uh, It's on state line off 430, 435, excuse me. and uh, again, ask for Scott Toddy. Tell him I sent you. All right. Uh, Tyler says Staley getting fired. I should have been fired probably before this. Uh, let's be honest. He should have been fired after a playoff game. The, 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 the way he handled the last regular season game, a meaningless game, and uh, the way he handled um, that playoff game, blowing a 20, what, 7-0 lead? Yeah. you should have been gone before that. Um, Yeah. well, McCall Hardman had a really good day as a special teams return guy. Um, that was the only, that one punt return was his only big thing that he did, but that's fine. If, if you, if that's what he did in his first game back, I'm good with it. That helped you put the game away and make it a two score game. So, uh, yeah, uh, Brad, good call on that. I, I'm glad he was able to do that in this game. And I think it was obvious because Montreal Washington was, uh, was waived, and that was the corresponding move. And that's, um, that's what you, uh, that's what you needed. To uh, put the game away. Chiefs offense came out today. Patty and Kelsey, unbelievable. Yeah, very. Um, I, um, I'm i not going to do it while I'm doing this podcast. Uh, because it would just take a little bit of time. But, man, uh, I'd love to know how many times uh, Mahomes has thrown for 400 yards in his career. Uh, he and Kelsey are both candidates for AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Got to be. Uh, let's see. Robert mentions that the Chiefs have a three-game lead in the division. Yeah, that is huge. Hold on. Let me let me look something up. Who who else has a three-game division? Uh three-game lead in a division right now? Not the Dolphins. It's definitely not the Ravens. Uh not the Jaguars. Uh Dallas is right behind Philly, even though they haven't played great. Um the Lions, okay, they've got a they've got a lead. They've got a three game lead. Uh, they lost today, though. Could have been a four-game lead. So only one other team in the NFL has a three-game lead in the division. That's how damn good the Chiefs are. And really, it's two and a half, but whatever. I'm not going to. Obviously, some bye weeks have not happened yet. Um, man, to have that big of a lead in the division in week seven, thats that's not easy to do. And I still remember, remember week one when the Chiefs lost to the Lions. I know a lot of people don't want to relive that, but I still remember uh, the following morning. A lot of people in the media, the national media, they weren't sleeping on the Chiefs. I mean, they they knew the Chiefs would be fine and that they would pick it up. But a lot of Chiefs haters out there, you know, all those Raiders fans, because they started the season 1-0. to Bengals fans definitely had a lot to say. Chiefs haven't lost a game since then. The Chiefs have the best active winning streak in the NFL. By the way, I posted that, and I had a commenter the other day say, "How was that possible when the Patriots won 18 in a row in 2007? Got to read, people. Got to read. Active... Winning streak, uh, let's, that guy's not listening, but we got to give him the trombone anyway. Uh, that was very well-deserved. Had to play it at some point on, on this podcast. All right, back to your guys' comments. Enough of me, enough of uh, trolls who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, uh, Hardman did almost break one. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that was the only thing. Like, that would have been such a cool story in his first game back. And by the way, like Andy Reid, I mean, just just the things he's done. He's found a way to use players better than anyone else. Does he miss at times? Yeah. Like, look at how the Saints are using Colin Saunders on offense. Would have been nice if the Chiefs did some of that, but, you know, they still want a couple of Super Bowls. So at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's too upset over it. But my point is, you know, especially right now when the Chiefs needed uh, a big step with the wide receivers, uh, boy, Andy Reid uh, so far um, pulling through. I know it was not a big play on offense. It was a special teams play. Still. He's done more already for the Chiefs in one game than he did with the Jets the first uh, six weeks. Yeah, defense did play way better, Ben. I agree. I was a little concerned with the defense in the first half, and I did say before the game all week uh, on the podcast, the Red Friday live chat, I said, look, this is going to be a tough test for the defense. They're going to allow 20 points. Uh, they, they didn't. They held it, they held the chargers below. Uh, I said 34-27. I think that was my prediction. Uh, I thought the Chiefs defense was going to allow some points. Nope, not at all. They stepped up. And by the way, I gotta I gotta say something about Spags. I know Spags dealt with a lot of criticism last year. When Dick Vermeil got inducted into the Hall of Fame last year. He was shouting out a lot of people that he'd worked with in his career, and one guy he specifically shouted out was Al Saunders, the former offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. And he said something, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, to the effect of how assistant coaches should be in the uh, Hall of Fame one day. That they need to start putting assistant coaches in there. Um, and there are some assistant coaches out there that deserve, like eh, Belichick. Man, he's had a lot of great play, uh, great uh, uh, coaches. Uh, assistants um, who I think uh, deserve some hall of fame recognition. You know who I think really deserves hall of fame recognition is Steve Spagnolo. He's won multiple super bowls as a defensive coordinator with different teams. Obviously he did it with the giants that historic performance to prevent the Patriots from going 19 and 0. the defense was obviously a big story in that one. And so far with the chiefs, he's had two super bowl wins and this defense, if they continue to play they, the way they're playing, and if the offense improves, I think Spags seriously has a case of uh, of what Dick Vermeil is suggesting for uh, for uh, assistance to one day get into the Hall of Fame. Um, if the Chiefs do win a Super Bowl this year, and I think they've got a very good chance uh, at doing so, the odds makers think that way. All the uh, FPI, all these um, analytics certainly think that boy, I, I think there seriously needs to be a discussion about Steve Spagnuolo being in the Hall of Fame. And I think the Hall of Fame needs to consider what Dick Vermeil said about assistant coaches getting in. Because Spag's man, uh, I think his coaching performance uh, this year as a de- defensive coordinator has been great. Uh, quite honestly, as much as I don't like to say it, it, he deserves some consideration to be a head coach. I think he deserves a second chance at becoming a head coach. He was bad at it his first time. Let's be honest about it. Didn't do very well with the St. Louis Rams. He deserves a second chance. I mean, if Josh McDaniels can get... Josh McDaniels technically is on his third chance because the the Colts did hire him, right? Uh, If Josh McDaniels can get another opportunity, I think Spags can as well. Yeah, Lewis, I'm with you, man. A lot of love for the defense. I love seeing it, man. Ron says the Swifty effect is hitting big on our man Kelsey. I, I I think I saw from like Barstool Sports that his um his uh stat line when Taylor is in attendance is just astronaut it's just way better. Um I, I have to look that up. I don't know exactly, but uh boy, that's that's good to see. Um yes, Christy, the Chiefs did win. I agree. <laughs> The Chiefs did indeed win. When I see comments like this, I check the headline to make sure I, I said something correctly because last year I screwed up on the Chiefs' record in one of my post-game live streams and everyone got on me for that. Uh boy. Uh, yeah, we don't know yet, Kent. I, 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 don't, I have not listened to Andy Reid's press conference. Um, I think this would be a good time to double-check on the... Um, on the uh, X machine, was about to say Twitter. Gotta be, gotta be political. Do we still call it Twitter or X? What's everyone still calling that thing? Uh, I I've come around. I've called it X. Um, but yeah, we have to see. Uh, I don't I don't know if Andy Reid's at a press conference yet. Um, it looked like a, a wrist injury. By the way, uh, I'm just going through my uh, my mentions. And I completely f- remember they were re- reviewing that Isaiah Pacheco was it a fumble, not a fumble. And they brought in their expert Gene Starator and he did not think it was a fumble. And then all of a sudden, Tony Romo is looking at where he thinks it could have been stripped out. And he goes, oh, Jim, look, look, look right here. This is where he starts to take it out. And then three seconds later, the referee says, yeah, the call in the field stands. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 Jim, I agree with that. Listen, I, I like Tony Romo, but sometimes he is just so goddamn annoying. Um, and I think like, you know, when he's wrong, he's trying to be funny about it. I, I, obviously, he doesn't take himself seriously, which I think is great. Um, but my God, sometimes it's like, OK, little little too much, a little overboard here. A little overboard. Yeah, and against his former team, against his former team, Robert. Big, big sack uh, late in the game there for Tranquil uh, and a big sack late for uh, for Dana as well. Yeah, Melissa, the the, the batted passes uh, with the defensive line. I mean, they they just do such a good job of that, too. Obviously, that led to an interception earlier today. Uh, That was good to see. Um, Was it Brian Cook in the end who got an interception? Uh, I think it was uh, Brian Cook um, to uh, to seal the game. Uh, He kind of tipped his own uh, interception there in the end. Uh, Let me just double check and make sure that was him. Um, and, and by the way, after this we gotta check uh weekly leaders to see where Mahomes and Kelsey are um yeah, it was Brian Cook. I just wanted to make sure uh let's quickly check the uh weekly leaders for this week uh because uh, I mean Kelsey and Mahomes have to be leading um. I've been doing a lot of running around today, so I did not get a chance to. I mean, I, I watched a lot of the uh, football action earlier today, but didn't follow it as closely. Yeah, Mahomes, 424 yards. The next best was Lamar Jackson, who had a phenomenal day against the Detroit Lions. Uh, and then for receiving yards, yeah, Kelsey had uh, 179 yards. And then Puka Nakua had eight catches for 154 yards, So, uh, but didn't have a touchdown. I think that, Oh well, he's out in the AFC, so that doesn't matter. Uh, Josh Palmer of the Chargers had the third most receiving yards, but he lost. So he's not going to they're not going to consider him for uh, offensive player of the week. It's got to be. I mean, you only have one rusher that had 100 receiving yards. So it's either going to be Kelsey or Mahomes who gets offensive player of the week um, this week. So it's definitely going to be one of those two. 100%. I mean, the numbers just don't even come close. Obviously, we still have tonight's game. And then tomorrow are two NFC teams. So yeah. It's definitely gonna come to the Chiefs. Yeah, me too, Michelle. I, I mean, that re injury there, um, not good. Definitely need him. But uh boy. <laughs> that was uh th- th- that was just tough. Oh, yeah, on that review, Tony was saying the bud, and then he he was like the medical, the politically correct medical term. Yeah. Roma's a character. He really is. I'm glad he's, he's calling games. I think he's good at it. Just a little over the top sometimes. Oh, I don't know about Ross. Rice, yeah, I think is going to be a, f- a future receiver. It's just so hard on Ross right now because... We aren't like we have a very small sample size of his work uh, Mahomes did target him today but it got he got called for offensive pass interference so statistically speaking Mahomes did not Target Justin Ross today uh but he was on the field we're not seeing him get opportunities and I don't know why that is and when we're gonna see some of that hopefully soon um I don't know Okay, got some spam bots here. They're excited about the win. Uh yeah, a lot of you guys saying, oh, hopefully Bolton is okay." Yeah, I really like Mike Edwards as well. Um I said this earlier today, um this morning when we were we were doing our um our uh, pre-game live chat. The Chiefs' secondary really is one of the best in the NFL, and it's starting to show up statistically. You're seeing, uh, you're you're seeing defenders, especially the safeties, they're doing a good job of watching the direction the receivers go towards, and they just follow that path. And a lot of it is a guessing game because as a as a defensive back, you have no idea what the route is. Um, and the Chiefs, they've been on the better side of that more times than not yes the chiefs defense does allow uh so some yardage in some games especially this one this was the best offense they faced look how the defense is doing um and by the way i got a tweet in um during the first half about how the chiefs defense is not a top 10 anymore man some people just need to chill like one bad game for a great defense. And by the way, it wasn't even a bad game. It was a bad half. Like the, the chiefs defense, man, did they adjust or what in this, in the second half? Um, absolutely turn things around. I'm not saying any of you guys said, I'm just saying in general, uh, someone on Twitter had said it. Um, but yeah, Mike Edwards, I think he's, you know, he's kind of like that blue collar guy, not really doing much statistically, but is a big part of that secondary rotation for sure. A lot of love for Mike Dana. I love seeing it. Oh, I love this uh, comment here from Delisa. The uh, emojis. uh, The emoji uh, prayer circle for Bolton. Yes. I don't know about that, Bob. They got to him five times. Um, they have been good in general this year. Yes. The chiefs defense, man, just, it doesn't matter what, uh, by the way, um, look at the first two weeks, who did the chiefs play? They played the lions and they played the Jaguars, um, the chiefs, uh, and I'm talking just the defense, obviously not the pick six, the chiefs held both the Jaguars and the lions to below 20 points. Guess what happened in the first two weeks when the Lions and Jags were not playing the Chiefs? They put up 31 points. I don't remember who they were doing it against, but I do remember them putting up 31 points when they weren't playing the Chiefs. And then when they played the Chiefs, they were on, held to under 20. Um, whoever, the, like whoever you put in front of this Chiefs defense, they don't give a shit. They're going to go out there and just fight. Uh, I mean, to, uh, fight them as hard as they can. This Chiefs defense has honestly been extremely hard to, uh, ex- extremely fun to watch. Uh, thank you, Teresa. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, the, these are not possible without you guys. So uh, please invite your friends to the page. Subscribe to the podcast if you miss any of the uh, live podcasts. Um, these are a lot of fun to do. Uh, it's it's impossible to do these if there's no interaction. If there's no interaction, I'm just talking to myself. That is not. That is not fun. That is not fun to do. Um, and, and let me just say this and not to get off topic cause no one cares about this right now, but I was a little nervous bringing this podcast back because I quit doing it three years ago. Was it three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Three, three years ago. Cause I thought it was just time. I wanted to take a break. I did it for such a long time. And then, you know, with the, with the growth of the social media, I was like, you know what? This podcast kind of needs to come back. And I've had so much fun doing it. And by the way, for those of you who subscribe to Farscast, that is not over. I just have not had time to get to one. Every week I tell myself I'm going to do a Farscast up uh, podcast, but I just never get to it. I will get to it at some point. Just bear with me. Uh Cast, you know, it's on it's on hiatus right now because of football season. Uh but oh, here's a guy we haven't talked about yet. Brad talked about um Joan Taylor. No false starts for him. Um Jawan Taylor has played a lot better. By the way, um, this whole thing with, with the way he lines up and uh, the way he jumps too fast or too soon. He's, he's playing the same way. Nothing has changed. Like, you know, don't let anyone tell you differently. If you guys have NFL plus, go look up the games. He's playing the same way. His, his, Jump at the snap is very very close, and it's the same it's been the entire season. Jawan Taylor has not changed anything he's done, so I don't know if Andy Reid or Brett Veach sent sent a letter or something, or or uh, made a phone call to the league offices, but um, you know Andy Reid's complaint was very valid when he talked about how Jawan Taylor has been doing the same thing his entire career. And for whatever reason, it's an issue this year. Well, the last couple of weeks, they're not throwing penalties at Jawan Taylor. They're not. So I think this is the signal that the, the NFL and and its officiating crew, they screwed up. And by the way, that first game where I was at the game. So I didn't, I was completely oblivious to this until the next morning um, where they were talking about how uh, Jawan Taylor uh the Lions coaching staff, nobody from uh, Dan Campbell to the rest of the staff and the players, nobody was complaining about Juwan Taylor, how he lined up and how he was getting supposedly getting away with false starts. So what does that tell you? Like, generally, players and coaches are all, all over the refs whenever a player is constantly getting away with that thing. They never said anything in the game about it. Um, so, you know. I don't know. I, it's it's one of the weirdest things I've seen, and now suddenly the refs are letting it go. Come on, obviously the team had something to say. Mook says peanut butter and jelly equals Mahomes and Kelsey. They just go together. This has to be you know forget the NFL. Mahomes and Kelsey might just be one of the best duos in the history of duos. Like if you you open up a dictionary and you look up the word duo. Uh, Ke- Mahomes and Kelsey, like that should be one of the pictures on there. If you're going to use pictures to define words, that th- that's one right there. Yeah, McDuffie's playing great. I know he had that. Um, so he had that penalty... But it was incomplete. But it was useless to even review because if you reviewed it, well, it was a penalty. Although in my opinion, I don't think it really was. I mean, he just looked like he was playing defense. But it was not really worth doing. They, they got a. Isn't that the drive where they got the interception in the red zone? I think it was. Um. Yeah, I agree, Matthew. This is he's he's insane. Uh, Travis Kelsey is is absolutely unreal. Hundred percent. Teresa has an interesting comment here. Finally getting more receivers touches. Yeah, I, I, you love to see it. And I know this is a uh, Chargers defense that's not very good, but you got to start somewhere. Okay, you bring back McColl Hardman and you, you're using Rasheed Rice more. That is something I think a lot of people wanted to see. And you're at a point right now where um, I, I, I think you're starting to figure it out, especially with uh, Rasheed Rice. That guy is going to be your number one receiver for for a lot of years to come like whenever it's time in in about three to four years to renew his contract you got to make sure that you, and obviously they have a lot of things to to worry about until then Chris Jones uh Creed Humphrey Nick Bolton uh Trey Smith uh Isaiah Pacheco Jalen Watson like so many other players that they've got to take care of before but they got to make sure they structure everything uh correctly that way when it's time to resign sign rice uh they'll be able to afford him because this is probably going to be a guy that is going to ask for a lot of money and i think by the time he wants to he he's going to get a new deal i think kelsey's going to be done playing by that time so you'll be able to afford that kind of thing for your offense We'll continue the show in just a moment, but we've got to give a shout-out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season. Introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by manscaped your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience this kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field don't fumble this opportunity head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the beard hedger pro kit join the 9 million men worldwide who trust manscaped you heard that right 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is a grooming powerhouse built for precision and style, just like your favorite quarterback. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. I completely forgot to uh, talk about this because I really wanted to make a point about this on the podcast. So shout out to Jim for pointing this out. So uh, if you live in Kansas City... You saw this. If you didn't, if you don't live in Kansas City, uh, if you don't live in the Kansas City market, you completely missed uh, how this was being handled. So, even though, like, let's say you live in, um, let's say you live in, uh, I I don't know, Uh, let's say you live in Texas, okay? Um, You know those NFL maps I always post from the 506. If they um, say that your 325 game is going to be Chiefs Chargers, obviously that's the game you're going to get. But you're they're not going to they're not going to broadcast that game for you. They're not going to switch it over because they want that market to finish whatever game um was, was still going on. So a lot of you guys missed the beginning and honestly, you didn't miss much. But a lot of people missed the first 10 minutes of the Chiefs Chargers game because CBS was still airing uh, Colts and Browns. And there was a very tight game, crazy situation in the end there. Um I want to see the end of it, but then it's like, okay, the Chiefs game's on. I don't care. And obviously, KCTV5, they switch over to the Chiefs and Chargers. But then CBS does this bullshit where they have the split screen. And it's almost like, do you guys remember how Sunday Ticket was with DirecTV where you had the multi-box and you could move around with your remote, uh, which game you want the audio on? You can do it now, too, on YouTube TV. It's just a little different. Um, That's basically what CBS was doing. They put the Chiefs and the uh, uh, Browns game on multi box, and it's like nobody gives a fuck about Browns Colts in Kansas City. And not only that, um, when the Browns were in the end zone, they actually made the screen on the Browns wider and the Chiefs game smaller. So it, I mean, listen, I'm not I'm not watching a game. To not hear the audio and to see it on, you know, this size. Like, what the hell? I, I could not imagine sports bars that were frustrated with that. Some of them probably thought it was the sports bars themselves that were doing that kind of like the um, the manager or whatever. Um, so hopefully not, not a lot of uh, bar employees were yelled at over that because that was some stupid shit. Like nobody in Kansas City gives a damn about Browns Colts. Like, we have the best team in the NFL playing right now. I, I'm sorry. Like, whoever wh- whoever uh, came up with that idea for CBS needs to, like, either get fired or suffer a salary cut. Okay, I'm being a little, little uh, overdramatic, but come on. I don't give a shit about any other game. When my team's on, I, I just want to watch my team. Now, if you're living in, you know, Outside of the Kansas City market, listen, I'm sorry, you just kind of have to deal with it, but you guys, those who were outside of the Kansas City market were not getting the multi-view. You guys were just getting the game because of the way NFL broadcast rules work. It was just stupid. What are you you showing that game for? Who in Kansas City gives a flying fuck about the fucking Browns? I mean, I like it when they beat up on the Bengals because the Bengals can't beat them. For as much as Bengals fans love to talk about head-to-head records, how about that one? But Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's a good point, Sean. I mean, yeah, that's just th- this is my thing. Is you know, and I think the jury is still out on the wide receivers. One game does not, you know, dictate that everything is fixed. But you know, if, if those things happen, I think the conversation about wide receivers would be. It would not be where it is today. Um, and I think the, the confidence in Kadarius Tony might be a little... He just surpassed 100-yard receiving yards off his 18th catch today. That's not good, man. Um, I've gone all over it 100 times, so I'm not going not gonna to go crazy about it. A lot of you guys talking about the Miami game. Obviously, that's a little ways ahead. I know I brought it up, so you guys probably... By the way, um, let me just say how awesome you guys are. We are... Uh, By the way, I mean, it just seems like the Facebook page gets bigger and bigger. We are 205 followers away from 70,000. And not just that. Um, So I'm about 25 minutes behind. Like this comment from Sean is the one that's right in front of me right now. Uh, It's six. He posted that at 639 p.m. That's where I am. That's how far behind I am with the comments. Uh, My point is, you guys are awesome. So. It is impossible. And I, and I say this every live stream. If I don't get to your comment, please don't take that personally. Uh, And by the way, I get people who um, will tweet me on Twitter or at, okay, see, I just did it. They'll, uh, they'll send me a post on X. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, I got to give myself that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Someone uh, sent me a post on X and they said, Oh, you didn't respond to my comment on Facebook guys. I get thousands of comments every day, Um, which, you know, five years ago, this page was pretty small and I, I still think it's small, but it's bigger than it was before. If I don't get to your comment or respond to you, if I responded to every single comment, I seriously would not be accomplishing anything in life. I would seriously be sitting right here on this computer right now doing that the entire day. So if I don't respond to you, it's not because I'm ignoring you. I get thousands of comments every day. Um, you gotta have somewhat of a life away from your phone or in your computer, right? So, um, just wanted to point that out there, but but my point is specifically with this live stream, um, I am so far behind in the comments. I am just not caught up. So if I don't read everyone's comments, I apologize. We obviously have a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, repeat comments here. So I try, I I don't, um, I don't read every single comment, try to skim through some of them. Hey, that's good. Getting a score prediction correct exactly is uh, pretty hard. So good on you, Eric. By the way, I played Eric in Madden the other day. He is pretty damn good. Uh, we had a really close game. Uh, started with a pick six, I think. I don't even remember how that game went. Uh, started with a pick six, but I came back and, you know, eventually won. Uh, but Eric's pretty good. If you guys want to play him in Madden, go for it. Uh, yeah, defense was awesome, Nathan, in the second half. I agree. Very, very tough game in the first half for the for the defense, so I love seeing that kind of improvement. That's, that's what you want to see. That is what everyone wants to see. I don't know, man. Uh, supposedly, he was going to go in for a physical on like Wednesday or Thursday, and that never happened, so I don't know. Um, I think he will. Uh, I think Malik Herring is the very obvious choice for um, for the corresponding move. Uh, I don't know who else you would do that for. Um, I don't think so. I don't think it was a face mask. I know he was calling for it. I think the defender's hand hit the helmet, but I don't think he was ever grabbing the face mask. Um, I I know the, the ruling on some of these things have changed over years. If your hand is on a player's face mask, um, it's not considered a face mask penalty. Now, if you grip it, um, and even, even if you like it right away, that is where referees throw the flag. Now that's very difficult in real time for referees to see that. So anytime the referee just sees a hand on the face mask, they'll throw the flag. But I didn't think that was a face mask. They only showed like one replay of it. Uh, one clear replay, but man, um, I didn't think it was it was a face mask. No, uh, he did not have a sack today, but I think he'll be just fine getting a sack total as the season goes on. Uh, what do you what do you win for predicting the exact? You win. Uh, I'll tell you what you win. You win an air horn. Congratulations, you and um, someone else. Uh, the person who I played in Madden, Eric. You and Eric get the uh, get the air horns. Uh, okay. We're going to try to wrap things up here pretty soon. Cause we have a lot of repeat comments. See, Sean has an interesting point here. We have went to five straight AFC championship games in his five years as defensive coordinator. You're referring to my comments about, uh, specs. That's actually, so it's actually four years because remember, um, the first time the chiefs went to an AFC championship game with this core group, what Bob Sutton was a defensive coordinator and he got fired after that because all the talk was, if D Ford wasn't off sides, would Bob Sutton still be the DC probably. Yeah. Somebody else asked me this. If, if the chiefs will trade for anyone, someone asked me this this morning. I don't know. Um, you did not give up anything really for Hardman. So it's not like the chiefs. Um, it's not like the chiefs, uh, gave up so much and can't make another move. So the draft capital is still there. If you want to, if you're willing to not have a first round pick, if you really think someone that's worth it, give up that to, to bring in an impact player, I'm not against it. Um, Here's my thing. Like, let's say you give up a first round pick and a second round pick. Obviously you're not going to have draft picks for uh, the first two rounds unless another trade happens. If you get a Super Bowl win out of that, if you find a way to repeat and win your third Super Bowl in five years, I'm good with that, man. That is absolutely worth giving up uh, all that draft capital. I just don't know if there's anyone out there right now that would be worth that. And I'm not saying in the same trade. I'm saying multiple trades. Uh, yeah, Dante Hall, Heather, uh, going into the uh, Chiefs Hall of Fame. I was very happy to see that. Um Uh, Dante Hall is a huge reason why I got into Chiefs football. So uh, to see him get in was awesome. Um, I heard his speech a little bit this morning. Uh, Good to see him get in. Uh, Absolutely deserving. Uh, Very deserving. By the way, here's my question for you guys. Who do you think should be the next Chiefs player to get into the Chiefs Hall of Fame? Not the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm talking uh, the Chiefs Hall of Fame. I've got some candidates, and maybe we can discuss that on Wednesday's podcast, but I'd love to know. What you guys think? <laughs> Josh McDaniels sucks. Oh, boy. Oh, come on, Joe. You're not new around here. You know it's never too late to join in on the live streams. <laughs> See, Joe says pretty much locks up the division. Yeah, 100%. Like, so we were talking about this earlier today. You unofficially won the AFC West. I- even more so next week when you beat the Broncos. Teresa's over the Swift hysteria. I mean, I don't know. I like it. Listen, uh, see, Javier says we're 4-0 with Taylor Swift in the stands. Um, listen, it's... Look, look what's going on in the news today with with the Middle East and with um, uh, the Speaker of the House. Like, all these negative things going on in our world today. Like, this Swift-Kelsey thing is kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, now, I will say this. If this was like... Um, if this was Russell Wilson and Taylor Swift, I, uh, Russell Wilson's married, I know, but yeah, I'd be annoyed, of course. Um, but you know what, like, this is your team. If you told me 10 years ago, the biggest musician in the world would be dating, uh, a big name player on the chiefs and that it would be the biggest story in the world. I'd be like, what are you talking about? That would never happen to the freaking Chiefs. And here you are. Like, this is the golden era. Listen, I know some people get annoyed with um with the Taylor Swift thing. And I know some people don't care about Patrick Mahomes and the family pictures. Trust me, in 20 years, we're going to look back at this. And I don't know what social media is going to look like in 20 years. I would imagine it'll stay similar because it has been very similar for quite some time. But we're going to look back and say, wow, like this was this was an era of Chiefs football we dreamed of for so many years. I still remember when I first started this podcast in 2007, I was like, man, I just hope I can do a podcast once talking about a Super Bowl team or a very good quarterback because we had we didn't have that for a very long time. So this is this is an era of Chiefs football where it's just like, you know, um, it the 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 Taylor Swift thing, the five straight conference uh, championship games in Kansas City. like all these things happening. And listen, I know a lot of things get exacerbated because of this team. So, for example, the incident with Andy Reid's son, the uh, legal matter with um Patrick Mohm's brother, Chiefsaholic. a holic. Like, uh, that's the other thing, too. Like, in 20 years, we're going to look back at this era and talk about how great the team was. But then it's like the off-the-field stories with Chiefsaholic and Taylor Swift. Uh, I mean, like, whoever thought that a super fan and a celebrity um, would have massive stories involving the Chiefs. So here's my thing. Like, okay, I, I can understand it gets a little annoying. Even today, I was like, okay, all right, we get it. Um, but trust me. 20 years from now, we're going to look back and say this was the golden era of Chiefs football. Because before before uh, Patrick Mahomes, what was the golden era of Chiefs football? The, the Len Dawson years? Yeah. But how many people were born around that time? You know, we look back at the Dick Vermeule offense and how great that was. Even that one year with uh, the Chiefs winning the AFC West with Todd Haley, people consider that a special year. Uh, which is nothing compared to now. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to discredit anyone that was a part of that team. Guys like Dwayne Bell, Jamal Charles, um, Brian Waters, Ryan liljo like so many guys that did great things for us. Casey Wegman, Vrabel, who just got into the Patriots Hall of Fame. Um, uh, And, you know, things like the Derek Thomas single game sack record. That is something Chiefs fans held on to for such a long time. Now you have a player winning MVPs, MVPs, plural. Um, regular and Super Bowl uh, MVP awards. Um, and, you know, all these other things added on to it, like the Taylor Swift thing is just, you know, it's just more adding adding on more to this amazing story with the Chiefs and what they've done the past few years. Um, I, and it's funny, I always get called a bandwagon fan, even though I've, I've done this podcast. I started this podcast in 2007. Uh, obviously took a few breaks, but it's like, Man, I was that guy who, who did this podcast years ago when people didn't know what podcasting was. And I was talking about how cool it'd be to have a Super Bowl, to have the, the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. Um, Yeah, we don't know exactly when the Germany travel plan starts. I would imagine, you know... Because the Bills... So here's the thing. The Buffalo Bills, they opted out uh, of the bye week for after the the their uh London game. The Chiefs fortunately are getting a bye week, but the Bills they actually left on Friday and got to get to the uh to get to London. Um I think it's smart when you travel to Denver, from Denver you go straight to Germany. Isn't that the isn't that the smartest way to go about it? I w- I mean I would imagine that's what you should do. Um, that way you can get acclimated, get settled in, and go have your practice. Um, kind of treat it like a Super Bowl week, where you go the Sunday or Monday um of the week uh, of the big game, and then the rest of the week you're practicing and doing all the other things you need to do. <laughs> Amen on Romo being annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought I, I thought that was incomplete. I, I was surprised it was called a fumble. Cause how are you? I saw this on Twitter. Uh, I did it again. X. How are you going to say Nick Bolton's second fumble recovery was not a fumble in the in the Super Bowl, but this one was a fumble? Like, come on, come on. Uh, I don't know, Brian. Uh or, or Byron, excuse me. Um, uh, we're still a little ways away from that, so we still have some some time. Danny says Justin Ross is trash. Okay. We're starting to get some uh some Justin Ross uh deniers, I guess. That's okay. You know, everyone's allowed to have that opinion. Samuel, one of the very few cool Raiders fans. Why can't more Raiders fans be intelligent and cool like you, Samuel? Samuel says we should be seven to no. Uh, Raiders got smacked by a rookie quarterback. You guys locked the division already. Yeah, and listen, the whole 7-0 thing, the um, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I agree, but um, sometimes that just happens. Um, yeah. Listen, Chiefs are 6-1, and one, tied for the best record in the NFL right now. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Dolphins-Eagles. Only one of them can be one of the three teams to have the best record. Um, oh, yeah, anyway, know obviously, we got... Um, we have uh, the 49ers tomorrow, so... I don't think the Vikings are going to pull that off though. Ken says as CEH good, definitely not this year. Um, listen, I'd like to consider myself one of the more patient sports fans out there. Um Oh, by the way, thank you David. I appreciate that. Um, much appreciated. Um, yeah, I have noticed some people have come back because, uh, the Chiefs on podcast is back. Um, but going back to the CEH question, listen, um, I don't think the guy's terrible. He's just not living up to his first round draft pick expectation. So when he's dropping passes, not getting the yardage, he should probably be getting. I think it has to do with the fact that the chiefs use a first round draft pick on him. And listen, you're not going to, you're, you're going to miss on some first round draft picks. It's going to happen. But as for, for Brett Veach missing on CEH in the first round, look what else he's done in the draft uh, the past few years. Um, with Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, Trey Smith, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Watson. So many great guys outside of the first round. Um, he was not the general manager when the Chiefs got Mahomes, but he is highly credited for having the Chiefs keep an eye on Mahomes for a few years before Drafting him. Um, Chiefs had their eye on him for quite some time, and Brett Veach was the first one to really make a point about it. So, okay, yeah, maybe the wide receiver drafting has not been good, although Rashid Rice is kind of helping alleviate that a little bit. Um, I do agree though. I, I mean I, I don't I don't know why CEH is still on this team. And, and and I know some people in the media have talked about which player um all 32 teams could use as trade bait. Who's trading for Clyde Edwards Alaire? Who? Who, who Who is going to look at the Chiefs running back room and say, yes, we want that guy. What are you going to give up for him? I don't know anyone that would even give up a draft pick, not even a seventh round pick. Um, I don't know. I appreciate that, David. A different David who commented on this. Wrote almost a similar comment, but uh, much appreciated. Yeah, apologies if I'm not talking here. Uh, just skimming through. Trying to catch up on the comments. What time are these comments from? 7.04 at 7.23. We've been on for an hour and two minutes. <laughs> uh, you guys are awesome, man. I, 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 Surely, I see your comment. Enjoy your commentary. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, listen. I want to um... <laughs> Joe says, no, read every single comment, no matter how long it takes. Um, by the way, uh, to David's comment about the giveaways, uh, a lot of people keep asking, like, why do you not do giveaways on Facebook? I, trust me, I would rather do them on Facebook. But for whatever reason, they shut out, they shut down one of my giveaways last year in the preseason. I don't know why. So I, I don't want to risk anything. I'll, I'll contact them and see if I can get the green light. Because I would rather do them on Facebook, 100%. Trust me, guys. I agree, Jacob. I think Jamal Charles should get in. Uh, Priest Holmes, I think, is in the Ring of Honor, isn't he? Lewis says this is the worst we've seen the Chargers in a while. Can't complain, though. Man, I remember in 07, 08, like the late 2000s, they had a stacked team. And if you remember the year, I, I alluded to this a while ago when talking about Spags, when um, when, uh, when the uh, Patriots were almost, uh, uh, they almost got the 19-0 record. I remember in the AFC Championship game, Brady threw three picks against the Chargers. Problem was LT got hurt and the Chargers offense was just not good in that game. The Chargers used to be that stacked team. Um, probably one of the better teams in the two thousands, along with the chiefs that could not come away with a championship win. Um, Mario says Tim Grunhardt. He's in there. He just got in, I think two years ago. Um, Yeah. See, Jamal Charles was, was my guy. I, I would say Jamal Charles, if not him, Trent green, maybe, I know they did not want to the Chiefs did not want a playoff game with Trent Green, but that uh, kind of what we were saying earlier, that was kind of like the last time we had a really good offense, consistently speaking. Uh, Travis says Alex Smith. I think I think Alex Smith deserves it. Um, I don't think I think it's a little too early to put him in. I think there are other guys to put first. Joe says, I agree with McAfee on the Swift ordeal. It brings a lot of, a ton of eyes to the NFL that normally w- wouldn't have watched. Also, it puts more eyes on Casey and it's great for the game. And here's the other thing too. Like our favorite tight end just had a 400% increase in Jersey sales. So, you know, a fan favorite here is someone that is succeeding. What a, Look at the last 12 months. Like what a, what a year for Travis Kelsey. Obviously got his second Super Bowl win. Um, told off that Cincinnati mayor, which was pretty cool. The jabroni comment went crazy. The Rock acknowledged him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The uh, Saturday Night Live gig he got. He's got. He's got. He got a ton of commercials this off season. Um, they dropped Aaron Rodgers. State Farm st- dropped Aaron Rodgers for Travis Kelsey. Maybe that's why Aaron Rodgers is so bitter about Travis Kelsey. I don't know. <laughs> um, Travis has the entire O line. Um, so I don't. Casey Wegman, absolutely. I think he's one of the more underrated players in Chiefs history. Um, I think Casey Wegman should be in. Uh, Will Shields is in. I don't. Brian Waters, I think, is in. Will, okay. So, Willie Rofe, you mentioned Willie Rofe and John Tate. I don't know if John Tate will. Maybe it takes him a little longer. Willie Rofe, I don't disagree with you, Travis, but I think there's like this non written rule where. A player can only go into one team's ring of honor. And I think the Saints have already done that with Rofe. I think they made an exception with Peyton Manning for Indianapolis and Denver. I don't know. Um, He should be in there. I think it's a dumb rule. Joe says Chiefs a holic. Dude, that documentary, I mean, it's I'm sure they're working on it as we speak. What happened at end of your Broncos time? You just vanished. Broncos time. What does that mean? What? I, I don't know what that means, Brad. Len Dawson, red and golden era. Man, that, that, for the older generation, yeah, that, that was the golden era. And that was a great defense, too, at the time. Uh, it's just kind of unfortunate how things... Really, I mean, there was like a big downward spiral after uh, that Super Bowl four victory. Yeah, he did. He became general manager right after that draft, which was very weird timing. Um, because didn't Jeremy Macklin get released? Jeremy Macklin got released by voicemail. And then John Dorsey got fired right after that. That was weird. Um, Travis has a seventh round pick and a double cheeseburger. Andy Reid might say yes to that one. What's the score? To, uh, hold on. What's the score to the Eagles game? Okay, nothing, nothing. Who got the ball first? Because I'm I'm pretty much caught up on the comments. Eric Berry's not in, Robert. That's another good one right there. Yeah, uh, Eric Berry should be in. Yeah, Carolyn said Derek Johnson. Um, see, I think you got to go with guys who haven't played for like seven or eight years. So guys like Willie Rolf Trent Green, Casey Wakeman. Um, I think I think those guys got to come first. And then guys like Jamal Charles, Eric Berry, Tamba Halle. Um, DJ Eagles got the ball first. Okay. They're, oh, they're driving. All right. Okay. See, Daniel says, Carl Peterson. I actually do not disagree with this one bit. Um, I know the postseason record was not very good, but think about where the Chiefs were in 1989, uh, before, like the Chiefs were awful in the seventies and the eighties. And then in the late 80s, when they hired Schottenheimer, who's already in the Hall of Fame, and Carl Peterson, those two guys, they completely revamped the franchise. And honestly, they're a huge reason why the Chiefs are known to be the loudest stadium in the NFL. This has been going on since the 90s. So for for everyone that wants to talk about how the Chiefs bandwagon fans and blah, 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 well, they broke the Guinness record twice before Mahomes got here, when Mahomes was still in college. And even then back in the 90s, Um, chiefs fans were, I mean, there's that video clip of John Elway crying because chiefs fans were too loud. And the referee actually told the crowd to shut the hell up. Um, Carl Peterson did a lot of great things. I know we can look at the last five years of Carl Peterson, and there's certainly a lot of criticism for the work and not being able to come away with what the chiefs. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the number one goal, but for the Chiefs, just getting to the playoffs on a consistent basis was not happening. Um, But overall body of work, Carl Peterson, I agree, Travis. He did so many things for this franchise that, you know, like not to say what Peterson did impacts today, but I think the culture he created, that still has a big impact on this franchise today. That's a huge deal because if you go to the Arrowhead um, Hall of Honor, the Chiefs Hall of Honor, outside of one of the entrances, they have this big sign that says 142.2. Obviously, that's the uh, uh, sound barrier for the, the loudest stadium in the NFL, a lot of stadium in the world. Rather, the Chiefs take pride in the fact that they have the loudest stadium in the world. And I think that's because of the culture Carl Carl Peterson created in the 90s and all the way. So I agree. Carl Peterson has to be in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. Do I think he gets in? I don't know. That's that's what makes it tough. Um, You know, another player I will say, and I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one, is... Uh, By the way, Casey, I see your question about Frank Clark. I'll get to it in a second. Um, Eagles just made it 3-0. Okay, thank you. Uh, I got to go watch that game because I've got a parlay on that one. I've not done well on on those today. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. Um, Another player I think should be in is Larry Johnson. I know the ending. Like, if you wanted to tell me the complete story of Larry Johnson's time in Kansas City, it has a really bad ending. But again, Carl Peterson's time in Kansas City also had a bad ending. Overall body of work, the things Larry Johnson did, and he came very close to breaking Priest Holmes' uh, uh, franchise rushing record, but Chiefs fans did not want him to own it because of his behavior uh, in the last uh, year he was a Chief. Larry Johnson's back-to-back season, like 05 and 06, the, those, seriously, like some of the best, one of the best performances I've seen in back-to-back seasons. That might honestly be the best back-to-back season performance I've seen in Chiefs history until Patrick Mahomes. Um, Again, I know he had a bad ending, so I don't know if it happens. Probably not. But I do think Larry Johnson has to, he has to get in. Yeah, see, Joe, you mentioned the carries. Like, who who remembers the fact that he holds the NFL record for carries? I know um, in in the press conference that year, he was like, he 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 said that he wanted it because he wanted the record. It's like, yeah, but who's gonna remember that? Because <laughs> um, I still remember the game where he got the record. He took the ball to the sidelines and they put it in a in a in a case. But, um, his overall body of work, though filling in for priest Holmes when people kind of lost hope in the offense he brought some things in 04 05 06 um and a little bit in 07 um i just think his effort though that prevented him from being the best he he could have been the best running back in chiefs history but uh unfortunately his off the field problems the drama that kind of prevented him from from having more success Frank Clark coming back, good or bad, Yeah or nay? Um, listen, I, I'll never say no. In this pass-heavy league, if you have more pass rushers or more defensive backs, I think it can only help. Um, are you going to have a very crowded group of defensive ends? Yeah, you will. Um, but I also don't think it's the worst problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Um, th- That whole thing, you know you're already doing a good job getting the quarterbacks. Um, so I'm not against it. And by the way, from like an emotional standpoint, yeah, I kind of want Frank Clark back because if he comes back, he will, um, he will get the, uh, he, there's a chance you could get the record for most postseason sacks in a career. That'd be pretty cool for him to break it as a chief and get one more ring. And what's his age? I don't think he's that old either. Frank Clark age he's 30 years old he's not even that old like this guy's still got some some gas left in the tank uh people also search for Chris Jones age Kareem hunt age and Dave Ka- who who searches for who searches for Frank Clark's age and then Kareem Hunt's age I don't get that um I hope he comes back and I hope he can break that postseason record as a chief uh I I don't recall that Robert uh, I've got to be honest I don't all right. We got off topic there, but hey, that's okay. That's what we do when we have fun. Uh, guys, seriously, I, I'll, I'll repeat what I said earlier. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys really are. We are uh, 200 followers away from 70,000. We hit 50,000 right before the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's 20,000. We haven't even hit the Super Bowl yet. Um, so thank you, guys. You guys are absolutely awesome. Um, I, and again, I apologize if I did not get to everyone's comments. I It's just... Um, I don't know if I can look real quickly to see, I can't see it on my end. So I have to pull up Facebook to look 315 comments. Yeah. I think, you know, for obvious reasons, you can understand why I can't get to every single person's comment. Um, so thank you guys. You're awesome. These, uh, podcasts and live streams are not possible without you guys. Um, the best way to support me, you can see the bottom, our sponsors, there. Cable.com Cadillac of Kansas City. Ask for Scott Toddy. Use my promo code FARZINE for SeatGeek. Get $20 off. That's only eligible for first-time customers. And then uh, go to Manscaped and use my promo code FARZINE20 for 20% off and free shipping. And I'll tell you this right now, and I'll get into it a little later. Manscaped has a brand new product out that you'll definitely want to check out. So use my promo code FARZINE20 for 20% off and free shipping from Manscaped. All right. Hey. Thank you guys so much. Awesome post-game podcast recap. I'm out of here. Remi- reminder, we'll be back Wednesday for our weekly podcast. We'll be back on Friday for our Red Friday live chat. And then next Sunday, as we do each and every single game day, we'll do our pre-game live stream, our halftime live stream, and then our post-game live stream. Our post-game live stream goes hand-in-hand with the podcast recap. So check that out. All right. Hey, thank you guys once again. <laughs> chiefs remain on top tied for the best record in the nfl we'll see uh, who joins them for uh, being tied for the best record in the nfl until then my name is farzee vasugian thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the chiefs on podcast shout outs to everyone who watched live on facebook and on youtube enjoy sunday night football i'm out